This is Not Quite Dead, a gal pal horror movie discussion podcast. We do deep dives on our favorite scary movies, but sometimes we really just like to keep it shallow. I'm your host, Kate. I'm Megan. Get ready for all the spoilers. prediction was so unbelievably wrong (laughs) (laughs) and I had to hold a straight face while you were giving it (laughs) I mean top to bottom you even asked kind of a leading question looking back on it of whether or not I thought that there would be any of the same characters and I was like absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think I was just trying to toss that out uh as as an option because you know we see in these franchises so often that we don't have a lot of the same characters these older ones right Mm -hmm. um although you know we learned about jason i think it came in like clusters right right clusters of i guess i just thought that because characters yeah i guess i just thought that because it was a child actor in the first one like kids age so fast that I mean, I knew, I I think I knew Child's Play 2 wasn't like immediately after. It takes place two years later and it also comes out two years after Child's Play 1. But I had just assumed that, you know, kids age and they were just going to kind of move on and not put Andy through the same thing again. But uh, (laughs) he's uh, ripe for trauma. Oh, they made it worse. (laughs) He's really cute still, though. He's still a cute little tiny boy. So he didn't age too much in those two years. But yeah, it's uh, it's nice. I thought it was nice to see him come back and then continue his story. Um, Me too. I, I thought that they took his story into an interesting place. I'm glad that it wasn't a straight rehash of the first child's play. Yeah, I think they made it fairly realistic, you know, like the who like they they connected the dots between the last one and this pretty well, you know, the the detectives are like, "Well, who's going to believe us?" And it turns out nobody believes anybody <laughs> about this, and so much so that the cops sort of bail. Like the cops are like, "We don't know what you're talking about." And Andy's mom is kind of left in the lurch and it's so I mean, dark. It's dark and like, but it feels like, yeah, that would happen. She's going on about some doll that murdered people. I mean, it's cra- it does sound crazy. So, it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a nice thread to keep through into the second one. I guess we'll see how far into the franchise they keep Andy. <laughs> Maybe we'll see him as like a 27 year old at some point (laughs) still haunted by Chucky yeah like Kyle (laughs) (laughs) the oldest high school student ever 1990 yeah 1990 a new director this time John Lafia um budget was bumped up just just a touch in this one uh 13 million um grossed a little bit less than the first one but still pretty solid um around 35 mil uh, Rotten Tomatoes significantly lower, though. <laughs> it's not as nice. It's not as good. Yeah. 
Yeah, it came in at 40% in comparison to Child Play 1, 71%. Yeah. I didn't hate this movie, though. No, I didn't either. I, I, I enjoy the second one. I think because it does tie in so nicely with the first one. Um, another cool note is uh, Graham Revell does the music for the, this movie. I, I love I love this guy. The music's really good in this movie. It was something that I noticed while watching it. And I, unless the soundtrack is particularly good or bad, I don't really notice the music. And for good reason, I noticed the music this time. It had that kind of cool, dark 80s synth style in some parts. And um, I, I liked it. I, I liked the tone, tone it was setting. He's done a lot. He Well, he did. I, I first actually learned about this composer with Bride of Chucky because he did the soundtrack. He did the, the music for Bride of Chucky. Um, but also did Fred, Freddy vs. Jason, The Craft, Riddick, The Crow, which is such a cult classic and has such a great soundtrack, great music, and also Pineapple Express. <laughs> he, he's done a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, big names. Yeah, he's a big heavy hitter. Uh, this movie is just, it's really fun. And I think that I'm surprising myself with how much I'm enjoying these movies. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> I was so worried I was going to ruin your spring. <laughs> with just an endless series of trash movies. <laughs> yeah. It, he, there's a lot of fun deaths in this one that we'll get to later on. Um, and, and a very cool ending sequence that is probably my favorite of the entire series. In this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a quick synopsis of this one. As mentioned, our main character is, again, uh, returning from Child's Play 1. We have Andy, who has been taken from his mother because she's in psychiatric care. And he's been placed in temporary foster care. Our villain, Chucky, who was very much dead at the end, <laughs> at the end of Child's Play 1. Not quite dead, one. though. <laughs> Not quite dead. Um, at the end of Child's Play 1 is put back together miraculously, um, and his spirit gets reignited into his do- little doll body, and uh, he's back on the same mission. He's got to find the the first person in this movie, the first person he told his secret to, um, that he's actually a doll, um, so that he can uh, he can inhabit a human body. So we've got another face-off between Andy and Chucky um, and a lot of fun 90s foster care shenanigans. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, the real villain in this movie is PTSD. No kidding. I just cannot get over how everyone just wants Andy to get over the past. <laughs> It's just a doll. <laughs> Move on, Andy. What are you doing still that's... thinking about the thing that's keeping your mom in psychiatric care right now? Oh, my God. And nobody asks him ever, like, are you okay? Nobody ever asks Andy if he's okay. I, From top to bottom, I feel so bad for him. Even when the foster parents, Phil and Joanne, are at the foster care agency, talking to um, Laura Palmer's mom from Twin Peaks, 
Grace is her name in this movie. Um, when they're talking to Grace, she's like, yeah, well, he's like had a hard time. And then they're like, mm, are we even qualified? And it was the, the only time in the movie where I was like, oh, someone's asking, like, are we qualified to take care of this boy who's like obviously been through so much trauma? But that is it for the whole movie. And it's really more about how the dad just doesn't want to take in another foster kid. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to his credit, he does call out later in the movie, this guy, Phil. Phil is the foster dad. And yeah, he's a fucking curmudgeon, man. Like, he just doesn't seem like he's into having a family, period. But he does say at some point, you know, I am i don't think we're equipped to handle Andy. He does say that. And he's right. He's really not equipped to handle Andy. I'm, I mean, Andy, what? Uh, witnessed a murder he's quote unquote like hallucinating these things right like I mean foster kids have been through a lot of shit not just Andy you know it seems felt like Andy was just particularly being picked on here because it was involving a doll I know and I I don't totally understand the setup of this foster family where they already have uh, a teenager living with them. Her name is Kyle. She's like total teenage punk, right? Uh, and she's only been with them for three weeks when they yeah. take in Andy. And there's, you know, the initial, you know, initial concerns over whether or not they can take care of him. Um, but then when they bring him into the house, they're just like, we have rules. <laughs> we have rules in this household. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, from a, I guess from a pedagogy standpoint, that makes sense. You know, you want to bring them in, you want them to feel safe and have like boundaries, clear boundaries. But yeah, they don't ever go into the emotional piece with Andy. They they don't talk to him about his mother. They don't talk to him about the doll, nothing. Like it's just stop running around and stop making noise or whatever right mm -hmm. like whatever annoying things kids do totally forgetting that this kid is traumatized like completely traumatized he that scene in the beginning with the psychologist I feel so bad for Andy having to say it was a dream I know I just feel like so much of this movie feels so old school like if this movie had been filmed or taken place in the 50s or 60s I'd be like yeah at that time people were you know aggressively just trying to move on from their trauma and just really compartmentalize anything that was happening and just close up that box and put it away in a closet and never look at it again whereas here I'm like this came out in 1990 and <laughs> we're making this poor boy um be in denial just live in total denial and try and feel at home in a circumstance that's very unfamiliar to him and it's it's very sad it's very sad that his mom is in a psychiatric facility as well yeah i i'm at this movie probably makes me sad more than it scares me <laughs> to be honest <laughs> i don't think that this movie is scary at all I think that no. I think child's play 1 had some really nice tension in it you know cuz you're waiting for the doll to move you're you're keeping an eye on him because you might see him like kind of scuttling in the background on like quick like um 
in this one they kind of they kind of move a little bit more into like slapsticky slasher like style um and then all this stuff with Andy and his situation with his foster parents and it it is just quite sad when you like step back and think about it <laughs> yeah it's i i really do appreciate though that they went into the foster system in this movie that's mm-hmm. really not a segment you see explored and i thought it was a really smart way to handle maybe Catherine Hicks not wanting to come back. <laughs> I think that for keeping Andy as the main central character again, this is probably the smartest way that they could have done it without just ripping off Child's Play 1. Right. Yeah, I think with it, a fan with a f- fan resurrection. With a fan resurrection. <laughs> predicted. <laughs> there are so many sequels in this franchise that I am certain that one of them is going to have You know what? Maybe I preempted it because I think that the concept of like a serial killer fanboy type thing is maybe more late 90s than like late 80s like I feel like maybe I just like overshot my mark and like that will come back later in the franchise we'll see I'll I'll reserve that we'll never know I'll reserve that (laughs) prediction and I'll trot it back out for I don't know seed of Chucky or something (laughs) well the other person living in this house the other foster kid uh kyle like you said has been with them for for three weeks and she is kind of a badass i really really like her i like her too i like this um mid-20s woman that they cast to be a teenage girl um she's fun (laughs) she's a fun character (laughs) she is she gives andy some decent advice you know she's been in the foster system for a long time and she knows it sucks. She doesn't sugarcoat stuff for him. And she's like, you just got to be strong mm-hmm. and, and deal with it. Um, and she also stands up to Chucky, which I love. He needs that. <laughs> yeah. Having a tough female character, I think, is really nice in here. I like that she's pretty no-nonsense about stuff. But she's also not tender, but she's um, really open to Andy's situation. Um, like pretty early on, she's like playing outside with him. She's like pushing him on the swings, like, like just spending time with him. And so she's not one of those like tough as nails characters. That's just like, I'm too cool to hang out with an eight year old boy. She's like, no, the situation sucks, but like, I'll spend time with you. (laughs) Yeah. And she's not really that bad. I mean, she's, she's not rude. She, she does smoke. Um, indoors. (laughs) Yeah, which I think was more common. Yeah, that's at the true. time. That's true. But you know, still, I guess it's rude. But she, you know, she she's not like mean. She's just kind of casually rude, I guess, sometimes to the parents. She's a little standoffish to the parents. I think the only quote bad thing that she does is um, she does sneak out. Right. Normal teenager things. Normal teenage stuff. I guess that that would (laughs) maybe irritate her foster parents because she has only been there for three weeks and she's already sneaking out. Her sneaking out and coming back in means that she does interrupt a a Chucky voodoo incantation (laughs) session. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it all works out. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I love the way she deals with Chucky in particular. She is just like, this doll's a dick. Um, and it's crazy, but I'm going to deal with it. 
Mm-hmm. She gives him some guff. I think when they're driving, where are they driving to? I think to go get Andy, right? Mm-hmm. Andy's been taken back to the foster, to the foster home. Yeah. Or not the foster home, the foster center. Agency, yeah. And he's giving her shit on the way. And she's like, well, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm going to get pulled over. Like, like, just no nonsense with this stupid doll. <laughs> I love that she calls him a son of a bitch at the end of the movie. Yes, because he throws that word around all the time. Now he gets a taste of his own medicine. She just kicks it right back to him. And there's like shock. <laughs> there's shock in that for her to just like be like, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a tough gal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's definitely like she feels like a real product of the foster system. She's on her own. She says to Andy, like, you can really only trust yourself. And that's how she handles this situation. And it's really worked out in her favor. I have mm-hmm. to imagine that. The audience must have responded well to her, and that's why they introduced Tiffany later. The doll. Well, you'll see, but I guess I'll you know, see the Tiffany doll. You know, I, how there's like he has a girlfriend in Bride of Chucky, obviously, because it's called Bride. But, yeah, I know Jennifer um, <laughs> Tilly is going to make a very strong entrance into this franchise at some point, and she's just she plays Jennifer Tilly like she's one type of character in like everything that she does, which is kind of like. I don't know. I always imagine her to be like popping her gum like in her mouth, like when she's talking, even when she's like not, you know, she's got that kind of like sass to her. And so I feel like, yeah, if you have like a really sassy Chucky doll, it's more fun for him to play off of someone else who's got a little bit of attitude too. Yeah. Everyone was quite wholesome in Child's Play 1. The the non- villain the non-chucky characters, characters yeah, were, were pretty very... pretty vanilla i think in comparison to chucky whereas in this one you've got kyle who's sticking up to him and i think it's a little more like engaging to have even phil as like a terrible foster parent and <laughs> it, it it just adds some nice um drama into the mix and Chucky was like on one this movie, wasn't he? He was kind of a like turned up to 11. Yeah, he's super extra in this one. Um he comes in so hot as a doll like immediately into this movie. Like it does not take very long to just bring him back in. <laughs> okay, they make a point of of featuring of like really putting a lot of emphasis on that eyeball machine in the very beginning. <laughs> yes. So in the beginning <laughs> In the beginning, they're building, they're rebuilding Chucky from the same doll that <laughs> got burned. Like, they don't just say, okay, we're going to make another Chucky doll and this is going to be our PR. Like, look, it's fine, right? Mm-hmm. Nope. They decide the actual doll itself has to be restored, which I'm assuming still has some voodoo. Uh, spell on it because it summons lightning through the eyeball machine (laughs) it must I mean the like whole mechanics of the voodoo stuff I was really really thankful that they downplayed the voodoo in this movie and I am hoping for future iterations that they just kind of move away from the voodoo altogether Yeah, they did. They We talked about this last time, but it's like they've thrown so much stuff at this doll. Like it's voodoo and he's always carrying a knife and 
Also, he's a strangler. Like, he's so many different things. Yes. And I think voodoo was... Voodoo makes sense to me because there is, like, mythology out there around voodoo and dolls. Mm -hmm. But they don't... They don't really, like, pick what kind of killer he is. They, they're they kind of like, well, he's this, he's this voodoo guy. Like, that's, that's in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. But also, he's a strangler. Like, that's his nickname. Right. But also, he rarely strangles anybody. Very rarely. <laughs> I mean, the eyeball machine gets more deaths, in, like, more yeah. kills in this movie than Chucky strangles in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Chucky is so mean. He, I think the, like... He, like, laughs as he kills people in this movie. <laughs> he gets so much joy out of it. it. I, like, every time I'm, like, watching him, I just keep trying to think of him as a human just laughing maniacally as he's killing people. Like, how terrifying. <laughs> he, um, you know, I can't place his accent. They're in Chicago. I don't think he has a Chicago accent. He's got this kind of, like, city new yorkish type accent yeah like a touch like it's kind of like they were making an amalgamation accent of assholes yeah he's brad duraf you (laughs) you hear his voice and you're like this guy's a dick like there's (laughs) like there's no mistaking (laughs) that this guy's gonna be a total asshole i think Aside from the ending sequence, which we'll definitely go into, uh, my other favorite scene with Chucky is when he's burying Tommy, the other good guy doll. (laughs) Yes. In the backyard. (laughs) I actually really loved that because, you know, Chucky is trying to take the place of another good guy doll and the like high camp of him like outside in the dark, like burying another doll I was like with a this busted is... ass face yes I was like this is what I want like this is what I want in these movies is just him just being so absurdly over the top I also want more ankle knifing like I feel oh, like yeah I feel like Chucky is like at this height where he should be able to hide better he should be able to like get people in their legs like or, like, you know, as people are getting out of bed, like, knifing them from under the bed. Like, I don't know. There's just, like, all this stuff where I'm, like, he should be using his very limited height more than he currently is. But instead, he's just, like, killing people very arbitrarily with whatever he's got lying around. Yeah. His sneak needs to be raised up a few notches. His sneak ability. Because that's really all he has to rely on here is, is ambushing people. They give the dolls different names, but all the dolls look exactly alike. Right. What <laughs> is the deal with this stupid toy? I, oh, my gosh. I think it is a very ugly doll. <laughs> I'm like that old lady it's from the first a one. <laughs> hideous doll. It's so ugly. I think, it, I think the doll gets better looking as the series goes. Like, it gets gross, like eviler looking but it looks cooler like it looks mm. less like a child's toy right but the child's toy looks 
I, I wouldn't want that. That's stupid looking. <laughs> I feel like it's one of those like gimmicky toys where, um, you know, like Betsy Wetsy or whatever, where it's got like one trick to it. <laughs> Whereas this one, it's like, oh, it can like turn its head and talk in like a fairly convincing way. But he only says like, like the doll itself, not Chucky, only really says a couple of lines. Yeah, I, I don't understand the appeal of this doll. And I don't understand how this company is able to sell warehouses full of mountains of these dolls that all look exactly the same. Even my buddy had like an African-American version, right? <laughs> like this is just awesome, like white redheaded doll with freckles. <laughs> so dumb. Yeah, I, I mean, it's there's no different like not even like cabbage patch level like diversity in these dolls it just seems like very boring like I can't imagine how they're still like doing so gangbusters after multiple years of being on the market yeah I I think it feels like the appeal of the doll is yeah it can say its name and it comes with some accessories like you can buy a toolbox and yeah some matching pajamas (laughs) it does turn out that this doll is able to be put back together pretty well, even after being totally mutilated. Yeah. So <laughs> that's yeah, one pro. Burn its face off and start from scratch. And it still retains the same spirit inside. <laughs> uh, in the first movie, Chucky realizes that he's becoming human because he starts to feel pain. But in this movie he pretty quickly realizes that he's starting to become human uh, because he's got nosebleeds. It's nosebleeds in this movie. Yeah. Like, like he had just done a line of Coke or something like a lot of bloody noses in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It feels, it felt to me like, Oh, they're starting that faster just to quicken the pace. It doesn't really feel like, it should be faster based on the first movie. I don't know. How long was he with the doll in the first movie? Just a couple of days, I guess. Yeah, it was a couple of days. But I feel like from the time that Chucky comes alive to when he's with, when he's back with Andy, it feels like it's within like a day. Yeah. It's like overnight because he kills Matson, the assistant. Um, you know, in the parking lot and then gets the contact info for the foster agency right Right after. So that's like the same night that he like comes back alive and then it's like the next day he's burying Tommy in the yard. So I guess it is a couple <laughs> days by the time he's like, ah, I'm going to be human again. But the plot makes it feel like it's happening a lot faster. In the first one, Chucky is killed, transfers his body, lays in the rubble for an indeterminate amount of time and then is picked up by a hobo for however long and then sold Mm. and then a day goes by like it just it's a little bit more nebulous in the first one how long he's he's been there and how long it takes to turn human and also does it trigger just once he does the incantation or does it trigger once he tells somebody his secret (sighs) i feel like that's the only difference between this and that right yeah because in this one he's pretty clear that he has to go back to andy because it's the first person he told he was actually a human while in doll form 
I felt like when I saw that part in this movie, I was like, was that the rule in the first one? Like, <laughs> I was like, I feel like they're kind of hoping that it's been enough time in between these movies <laughs> where people like may not totally remember how, how or it worked. Care. Or yeah. cared. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the second movie in a series. <laughs> oh, man. But Chucky is given so much more leeway in this one to just be a total asshole to everyone. And it's pretty fun. I think one of my favorite parts is when he calls Kyle and Andy, who is an eight-year-old boy, he calls these foster <laughs> children fuckers. <laughs> yes. I, I, I uh, you know, that scene in the classroom with the, uh, where Andy is, is trying, he finds out that Chucky's followed him to school and he locks him in a closet and Chucky is just like banging to let him out and yeah. like calling him names and, you know, just screaming and Andy jumps out the window. Um, <laughs> I was like, you know, that kid was not in a room with a doll screaming at him. He was acting this all out by himself <laughs> because they couldn't possibly be okay with I, I would hope, right? Like just screaming oh expletives that's, at a kid. <laughs> that's such a good point. Yeah, there's no way. They they probably just told him like, you need to look really scared and then you're going to jump out a window. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm so curious how they did that. I'm wondering if they, I'm sure he knew. I'm sure he knew there were bad words in this movie, right? But I'm, I'm just wondering Surely. what that setup for that scene looked like with him. Like, all right, you're just going to run around this room. <laughs> desperate to get out something is in that closet trying to come out and get you and he's just like doing this in total silence <laughs> I, I wonder if he was allowed to watch the movie when it came out or if he yeah. had to wait until he was older <laughs> he was six he was so little was made yeah he was so young and little i have i've heard that when filming horror movies with kids in it that directors will basically isolate the kids and only have them like shoot their lines and like block it so that they're not exposed to mm. anything like scary or traumatic like they're given like only their lines like they're not given the whole story so I wonder if they were doing that here or if they were just like mm, he'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's the 90s it's the 80s he'll be fine <laughs> well I know that the actors stated that they there was no possible way for them to be afraid of this doll because of how many puppeteers. This is at least in the first one. It may be true in the second one as well. But there were just so many puppeteers for the doll um, that it was impossible because there's just so many people in the room with you. Cursing is still, you know, something to deal with, at least for the kiddo. But um, I, I mean, he's a doll, so I'm sure they could have dubbed it. It's just it's so funny to think about this kid acting alone in, in uh, some of these situations. Speaking of those puppeteers, I really appreciated that they're relying so much on practical effects in this movie because I didn't feel like it was hokey from a graphics perspective. I adore practical effects. I just, if, if a studio can do it, I, I always prefer it mm -hmm. to, um, to digital. <laughs> We were watching The Hobbit <laughs> the other day. Um, and, you know, there's this scene where Gandalf is riding a horse and it's close up to Gandalf. And, and, and you see the front of the horse 
and it looks CGI. And I'm like, we have horses. We don't need a CGI <laughs> horse. <laughs> I know. You know. If Chucky too can do a real doll, you guys can do a real horse. I was thinking about how they either rebooted it or did a very late add-on sequel with that more recent Child's Play movie. And I was like, man, it's probably CGI to death and it probably looks terrible. Just knowing how we are about these things now. <laughs> but I felt like, you know. You got to save that for your. Uh, for my predictions. For your, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but having like an actual doll that you can just like leave and looks like the doll I, is very compelling. Like I said, there's nothing actually scary in this movie. There's like some gross, no. there's some gross <laughs> stuff, but there's nothing, nothing scary in this movie. Yeah. There, there's, there's a lot of fun deaths. There are a lot of fun deaths. This is very true. There are some, there are some fun deaths. Um, our good, our good old pal, the eyeball machine. <laughs> we get a death scene actually like pretty quickly in into the movie yes. i want to say like within the first five minutes of the movie we get a good death yeah it's that eyeball machine um so the uh the engineers are like rebuilding chucky for pr as we talked about mm -hmm. and um he's he's like touching this eyeball machine and and the electricity comes and it shocks them of course but you see the eyeball machine and it and it, it gets way down into Chucky's eye sockets, spreads them open and drops in some fake eyeballs. It's one of the scariest looking contraptions I've ever seen. It and is. and you know it's going to be like when I first saw it I was like, "Oh man, that's going to be so gross when they use that eyeball machine later in the movie." <laughs> yeah, it's a nightmare machine. You see it and you're like, "There is nothing good coming from this eyeball machine." And <laughs> they use it right away and I mean, we've already spoiled this. It gets used again and I was like, "It was yes. so good they needed to use it twice." <laughs> <laughs> it is. You have to use it like the way it's intended, which is injecting eyeballs into someone else's face. <laughs> I, I, I like kind of hope that they like built that set piece and filmed the first one. And then they were like, we got to get another one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which one came first? Which, I, which death idea came first? <laughs> oh, it's so good. The next scene is with... Uh, the executive's assistant. So the assistant's been tasked with, you know, getting Chucky cleaned up um, so that they can trot him out for PR and say, like, this doll is not a psychopathic serial killer. This is just a doll. It's a doll. Why they didn't just use an existing doll is beyond a different me. doll. Um, especially <laughs> considering that this doll has, like, human teeth. <laughs> it's so it, gross. The teeth are gross. It's such an ugly doll. Yeah, I, it, no, there's no cameras in there. There's no reason to do it this way. You know, like the people aren't going to know that you took the time to clean up the existing doll. Right. TVs at the time had like four <laughs> pixels. Like no one's going to notice. <laughs> Fire up that zenith. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the assistant is the one who gets killed uh, with plastic wrap while Chucky is laughing in his face as he dies yeah it's rude yeah he's uh he's driving when chucky um attacks him he's he, you know he's like pulls over and parks in a parking lot 
and just Chucky comes out of that back seat with a piece of plastic and sneak attack. Yeah. With a goal to use his car phone. It's a car phone scene. <laughs> <laughs> the car phone is so great. It's huge. It's like a brick. It's so 90s. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, this assistant, he's like, oh, I forgot that it's the date night tonight. And I got to go back and get the drink or whatever. <laughs> I, I know what vodka does to you is what he says. <laughs> like that sounds like it should be hot but it's really not hot no. i hate this guy i was kind of glad he got it <laughs> he was pretty insufferable <laughs> so yeah yeah so he uh chucky dispatched with him pretty pretty quickly so that he could you know get get access to andy's information from the foster agency um the next death with the with the teacher is so brutal well yeah, the teacher has a really bizarre death, but before the teacher, we get we get Tommy's death. Tommy right. the doll. <laughs> oh, silly me. Can't forget Tommy. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, you know, Andy's had all these stupid rules thrown at him, and one of the stupid rules is don't touch anything in this house. You know, think, there's a lot of heirlooms in this house that are important to us, and we don't want them to break. So, of course, Chucky has to trigger poor Andy being accused um, of nefarious behaviors by taking this really, really ugly statue and smashing Tommy's face in you know I don't know why Tommy's not really alive I think he's just annoyed that Tommy won't shut up Mm -hmm. and uh, buries him in the backyard which is great but this gives us a good chance to talk about this ugly ass 90s house it's so (laughs) ugly it's all their terrible decor including this (laughs) statue the word I keep coming back to is fussy like everything about it is fussy and frilly and horrible. Yeah, I, you know, I, my house growing up had elements of this house, um, but I have been to a couple of houses that really reminded me a lot of this house. You know, like the pink walls, the green carpet, <laughs> and like uh, wallpaper borders around the room with just like ornate decorations it's very busy there's tapestries everywhere couches yeah yeah it just seems like a lot it's a lot it's a lot to a lot to dust to dust (laughs) and then like have kids around like i don't know i feel like if you're gonna bring a kid into your house they're gonna be a kid you know, you can't just be like, you cannot touch any of the porcelain things <laughs> and glass in objects the entire house. in the entire house. You can stay in your bedroom and not touch anything ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it it was so funny for me to see because I hadn't really thought about it before because I didn't have this amount of time to reflect on it, I guess. But um, boy, that house, that house is... It's just hideous. Uh, it's like definitely a product of the age of excess, which I think the 80s really was. Oh, truly. Tommy's death gave us such an excellent set piece of the um, burial plot in the backyard under the swing set. I just, 
It's a classic and it gets me every time. I really liked it. (laughs) Every time. (laughs) Yeah, it's fun. All right. Now we can talk about the teacher who uh, you you might uh, recall was in an episode of The Office. She is in the dinner party episode. She is Dwight's date (laughs) to the dinner party. (laughs) Right. Yeah. She's been in quite a few things, but that's the first thing that jumps out at me. This teacher, I think, maybe got what she deserved, considering that she um, freaked out on Andy, gave him detention, and then locked him in the classroom (laughs) and left him alone for detention. (laughs) Can't do that shit. No. (laughs) Like, again, with the, like, does no one know what PTSD is? (laughs) No. He, He didn't have, like an IEP or something like telling her oh, like please take care of this little traumatized boy these parents even even his real mom right they suck at dealing with kids going to school after trauma i mean remember <laughs> no. her her right. like her friend dies and she just sends him to school and like this now he's at a new school like starts the next day after he gets home with she, his she's new like, family she's like well i'm not gonna take time off work and i can't afford a babysitter so off to school you go <laughs> yeah and she's like a dick to him even before anything happens right like I, I forget what she says to him, but she's just she's just rude. Oh, about him impressing her on the first day, right? Like, right. Like she, it doesn't make so any sense. Short. And yeah, and, and accusing him of like not paying attention while the other kids are kind of laughing at him. It's just a very cruel experience. But it's all right. Some Chuck nineties. Chucky comes and saves the <laughs> yeah. day with his he, with his ruler. He takes care of her. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, so like he hides and he's hidden in the closet because Andy's locked him in there. And and so the teacher goes in thinking it's Andy. And what does he do? Uh, oh, he shoves a bike pump into her stomach, which is pretty cool, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't finish her off. <laughs> we need the strength of a ruler yeah. to do that. A yardstick. There's multiple deaths in here where it's not just like, a single thing gets the person it's like a oh no we need a one-two punch like we need the bike pump (laughs) horrific plus this ruler yeah to just totally get her at the end yeah so death by ruler which is funny because she's a teacher guys get it (laughs) yeah I guess like thematic deaths here I don't know yeah it would be nice if the assistant had been killed by like a memo or something like a <laughs> <laughs> paper cut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we also get to see another um, satisfying death with Phil. There's a lot of death in this movie. More, more than the first movie. More people <laughs> die in this movie than in the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Phil, Phil <laughs> thinks that he has solved the doll problem by tossing it in the basement right and Andy is like yeah he's still alive though like he's in the basement but he's alive (laughs) and what happens he goes down there to try to kill Chucky right he's got his little carving knife it's so adorable yeah Andy's got his little carving knife because he's like I'm gonna need to get this Chucky doll and Phil is you know coming down the stairs because he thinks that this is just all all Andy, right, um, causing problems. And he 
gets tripped down the stairs and he dies. Another sneak attack. Yeah. Okay. So good sneak attack. This is true. So he yeah. does die by getting tripped and he just like falls down the stairs. Yeah. Chucky delivers another great line here. How's it hanging, Phil? <laughs> right in his face right before. What does he do to kill him? Does he stab him? Does he... I can't remember. I don't remember either. I just remember the line. Well, because I know that Joanne, she kind of comes down the basement stairs and she sees Phil, you know, he's sprawled on the concrete face down and he's got he a pool. He's got, his neck he's got a pool yeah. of blood around his head. But I thought that he had just fallen. I don't know if Chucky did anything on top of that. I well, he was hanging, so I'm a, I, I I should remember this, but I don't. But I, he probably just cuts him down and he breaks his neck or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, then oh my god, this was so sad for me too. Like another sad thing. Like you know, he's not a great foster dad, but he's still this this woman's husband. He's still Joanne's husband, and they have no kids, and all she has is this foster daughter who she's only known for three weeks mm-hmm. and this kid Andy who she thinks killed her husband <laughs> she has <laughs> nobody to mourn with her she's so alone right and she's like all right let's boot this kid out of here back to the foster agency <laughs> yeah <laughs> makes sense um but yeah really really tragic that she she does she die no there's no way that she dies believing that it was still Andy because she She's all tied up and stuff by Chucky. I have to believe she saw Chucky because when you go into her room, that room has been torn apart. Like there's been a flurry of shit happening before he strangles her to death. (laughs) 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 What it looks like. What is it like a tape measure or tape ruler that he's tied her up with? Something. Yeah, because something ribbony. Yeah, because she had said at the beginning of the movie that she made his curtains. So we know that she's like kind of crafty and like sewing and stuff. So he killed her with her sewing supplies. Yeah. (laughs) So sad. So super sad. I, I liked that we come upon her death we don't actually see her Mm -hmm. die kyle just stumbles upon the scene and is like upon tommy and realizes chucky is a murderer yes yes yeah she she finally puts the pieces together and then she really kicks it into gear yeah poor joanne joanne was the only death really that i found totally unsatisfying like not fun like i you know not placed Tra- fairly tragic <laughs> but it's just that's a tragic ending that's how assholes work they just you know they kill without thinking about how the audience is going to respond <laughs> we do get another fun death next we do from our, our foster agency woman and who is this actress kate oh her we don't have to know her name it's i fine. don't What's know her in? name she's laura palmer's <laughs> mom in twin peaks yeah 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 She's, she's great. Cool. She's so good. She's been in so much stuff in the 90s. She reprises her role in the Twin Peaks season three that just came out a couple years ago. Uh, her name is Grace Zabriskie, which the character's name is also Grace. So this is convenient for us. <laughs> <laughs> she gets kind of a thematic death-ish, but she... Yeah, like paperworky paperworky she also gets a two for death too um because you think that she's gonna get scanned to death uh chucky like knocks her into one of those giant office printer scanner things 
and it looks like it's like electrocuting her or something as it's scanning her high camp. it doesn't high camp make sense yeah, yeah it's it's very silly it's super silly uh that doesn't do it so he then stabs her to death of course yeah <laughs> of course yeah S- scanners don't usually kill people unless they fall on someone but you do get to see all of her fun scans as they print out that's always that's always a good trope yeah it was it was pretty good um sad end for grace i love her as an actress Poor grace yeah <laughs> Oh my gosh! Now we're at the best part yeah. of the whole movie. The, the, <laughs> the last two deaths <laughs> was bonkers. So so wild. <laughs> it's it's very convenient that they ended up at the factory where all the the good guy dolls are produced. It's a um, full circle. We yes. started at the factory and we're ending at the factory. Yes. And the ending sequence is just Kyle and Andy and, you know, therefore the audience getting to go through the production line of the good guy doll and see how fucking dangerous it is at every (laughs) corner. (laughs) This is why we have OSHA regulations, kids. I know. (laughs) Don't play on the equipment. Yeah. And and strangely enough, like back to how dumb this toy is, like this factory's running all night to produce these dolls. Like there's just not enough dolls. We got to keep making more dolls. <laughs> like, they go in and it's like dark outside. There's no one around, but the plant is running. Um, y- yeah, it's still somehow <laughs> running, but there's only like one employee. Right. <laughs> I guess just to make sure it keeps running. <laughs> and did. Did you get some Discovery Zone vibes? I don't know if you ever went, but um, wondering if I don't think I ever went to a Discovery Zone. But you've heard of them. I've heard of them. Yep, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is like this is like Discovery Zone meets one of those like mazes at a theme park for mm-hmm. Halloween. <laughs> I I liked that it was zany. Like them, like it's so zany. They're crawling through like these little mechanical tunnels, and they're you know um, dashing like as things are chopping down. Like it was very, it's very goofy. It's it was fun though. It was a fun scene to watch. Yeah, we start off with um, Andy and Kyle climbing up against uh, like some rollers that are intended for like packages or boxes or whatever to slide down, mm-hmm. and so they're climbing up. And Chucky has his knife, so he uses the knife to pull himself up. It's very scary, but mm-hmm. very cool looking. Um, and and there's a gate at the at the top of that little hill mm-hmm. that Chucky gets his hand stuck in, and we get some cool body horror here. We do, which is great. Yeah, because Chuck- <laughs> Chucky's turning real. He's turning into a human, and I wasn't expecting this, which made it even better. But as his hand gets like ripped off it's like gory it's like bloody and bone and gross (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's great and then we uh get to see a cool little evil dead reference where he shoves the knife into his own arm to create a knife arm horrible (laughs) because you know that's gonna feel good when you plunge it into somebody else (laughs) yeah there's so much gross Cronenberg-esque 
body horror in this factory bonanza scene because <laughs> we get we get the eyeball machine again they can't leave it alone we do they they like hint at it we see that we see it we see it uh actually doing what it's supposed to do injecting the eyes into the dolls and kyle and andy are like they need to get through it to get away from chucky and and they kind of like time it. it it's actually not the timing doesn't seem that bad but the the machine itself is so scary that I can see why it would make a kid very nervous to pass through it. So mm-hmm. so they kind of hint at it like it's very menacing. Right. Because um, it will come back. We also have this really great appendage machine. I, I'm not <laughs> sure what to call it. Like, it, it. like the dolls travel up, up a... Uh, like a conveyor belt type yeah, thing. Yeah, thank you. Conveyor belt. And they're taken into this little um compartment where some arms and legs are like attached to it Mm -hmm. it's like an assembly machine or something yeah Yeah. but it but it also involves melting like that machine melts something yeah it's like it so the doll isn't just like joined like there's not like joints in it as it's being assembled it's like the plastic is being heat treated so that it, it's like a seamless doll. Yeah. Which I thought was weird because I, for some reason, I kept thinking like, how is Chucky going to move his arms and legs? Right. Like, mm-hmm. how does the doll, how does the good guy doll? I don't, but I don't think the good guy doll moves. I'm trying to remember now if, if the good guy doll moves its arms at all when it talks <laughs> or if the kids move their arms when they're playing with it yeah in child's play one remember when aunt maggie like grabs the doll by its arm and it's just like swinging loose because it's like obviously just like a stuff like stuffed with cotton or something like that right it's a little inconsistent but for our purposes here totally (laughs) worth the inconsistency yeah (laughs) yeah i'm glad that they changed it so that we could get this really great scene later um with Chucky actually getting stuck in the machine and what comes out of the machine we think is Chucky. It's like he has separated his lower half mm-hmm. and to, in order to escape and like a ton for some reason it's now also the machine has gone bonkers and there's just like a ton of arms and legs like all over the machine, like, yeah. all over the, the doll, like just stuck willy nilly. <laughs> And so we think Chucky's dead, but he he does actually escape. Um, and we do get to come back to the eyeball machine for for one one more death. So the engineer, the one engineer on staff to make sure this assembly line runs smoothly, sees that there is a jam at the eyeball machine caused earlier by Kyle and Andy, and has to go fix it. That's his job. So he's he's laying under the machine, tinkering away. Um, when I you know, he gets he gets attacked by Chucky and we get the money shot. <laughs> it's so <laughs> gross. It's great. It's gross but great. <laughs> yes, it's groat. We get a full eyeball plucking like sequence. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty and good. And this is enough to kill the guy. You know, it's so funny because <laughs> we, we watch things like Saw where you're like, how would this person not just like die immediately from getting like acid poured into their veins or whatever? Um, <laughs> and then in here, you've got someone who like loses both eyeballs and they just like 
they just die immediately from the trauma of it. Can't go on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we do. Yeah. I'm glad that they gave us the machine and all of its killing glory. It's a pretty, pretty great little contraption. Um, but, but Chucky is still on the loose. You know, he's, he's sawed off his legs. He's attached himself to like a, um, like a plank of wood with wheels that he, he kind of rolls around. He's like very quickly MacGyvering this whole situation. Like not only is he like a strangling, stabby serial killer in a doll's body, but he's also quite clever. (laughs) Well, they get him. He gets a a twofer here. Well, it's like more of a, is this a fourfer? Because first he lost his arm. And then he had to saw off his legs. Right. And now he's standing under this vat of molten plastic, which <laughs> they uh, pull, the kids pull the lever on and it gets dumped all over Chucky. It's so gross. And it's like this melted flesh looking Ugh. pile situation on Chucky. <laughs> and he's not really a doll anymore. Like he's a person. This is a... This has got to be really painful. I kind of feel bad for him right here. I don't feel bad for him. He seems fine. I know. <laughs> he's, he's so fine, but... he's so driven by his rage that he's not even reacting to the pain. Yes. <laughs> he becomes this like disgusting troll. He's screaming and his crazy hair is flying everywhere. And he's so angry during this last uh, sequence. It's so great. Well, you know, then that's not enough. No. Nope. So the the forfer <laughs> to to finally do away with Chucky in this scene, uh, we've got some some tubes spewing air flapping around. I think Chucky cut them with his knife arm, mm. and and they're just pumping air out. And he's covered in you know melty plastic. So the kids the kids take the tube stuff it in his melty face and he can't get his lips open yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then he just explodes yeah he explodes at the end face fill up with air and stretch it's so gross (laughs) i just hope that in this series that he keeps on getting killed at the end of every movie in increasingly more like concrete ways and that they somehow manage to put him back together at the beginning of the next every movie. time yeah they have to right i mean they keep making movies <laughs> this one it seems like irredeemable though like you you watch this and you're like oh, okay so chucky's in like tiny pieces all over because he's been like covered in melted plastic he's lost limbs it's it's game over for him at this point yeah you'd think you think we got five five six more Six more to go through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has a really great Cronenberg death at the end. I, I just, I love it. I love, I love watching Chucky get it. It's fun. It's He's fun. such a dick. It's fun because he just has these totally outlandish reactions. He, I mean, he goes into this murderous rage because he realizes that it's too late for the voodoo. Like the voodoo doesn't work anymore because he waited too long. And then we just see him like losing limbs and (laughs) (laughs) oh it's such a fun sequence yeah and we get the kids walking away from the factory with like this uh like light at the end of the tunnel feeling even though every you know they're 
this is a new mess for Andy <laughs> and now Kyle <laughs> to have to deal with. And that's it. Those are the deaths. So, yeah. What do you think, Kate? Do you think this is a rewatchable movie? You know what's funny is I am really torn. I might, I might pass on rewatching it again. I think I might be a thumbs down. I think that it was a fun movie. It was fun to watch it in the context of this series. But I don't know if I would rewatch it on its own. I would only ever rewatch it if I was like, oh, I'm going to do the whole series again. What about you? Got it. Well, as I stated earlier, this movie has my favorite sequence in I think the entire series which which mm-hmm. is the ending I, I really love the factory sequence so I would rewatch it again just for that payoff at the end um but barely I you know I, again like it's a good one to watch I think when you're getting into the ethos of Chucky or if you're a Chucky fan or whatever mm-hmm. you know it's fun or if you're showing it to a friend like <laughs> like I did for you mm-hmm. um but it's not like something I I need to rewatch all that often um but I would still give it a a thumbs up I I really I do enjoy this one a lot yeah I I think it was fun I think I think it's good in the context of watching you know if you're going to go through the effort of watching the series like definitely watch it um I uh yeah I just don't think I'd watch it on its own again should we take a quick break yeah let's do it all right a refill (laughs) Chucky 2. We're going to jump into some Mad Libs here. So we've taken, or I've taken, a few of Chucky's most quotable quotes from Child's Play 2. Chucky 2, however you want to call it. And um, turned them into some Mad Libs for Kate to, to try and decipher what line from the movie or tagline to go with the movie this is. So Kate's already given me her answers. I'm going to read her some catchphrases, and you guys can play along by trying to guess before Kate gets it. All right, Kate, ready? Mm-hmm. Number one. Scrunch margaritas, Disneyland. <laughs> um. Oh man. This is this is one of those ones where every single phrase was a mad lib. Oh no. Who <laughs> boy, scrunch margaritas Disneyland. Um Would you like to know uh do you, would you like a reminder of what types of words those are? Um it was a verb, a noun, and a proper noun. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
Fuck you, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) That is not a bad guess. Um, Actually, yeah, that's not a bad guess at all. But this is from one of our favorite scenes. Eat dirt, Tommy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I would just go zany right off the bat. (laughs) All right. Are you ready for number two? Yes. All right. Sorry, Australia. The Eiffel Tower is back. Sorry, kids. The Chuck is back. Oh, you're so close. You're so close. Um, this is actually a tagline for the movie. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Jack. Chucky's back. Oh, boy. Okay. So pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> All right. This last one, I think, is probably my favorite. Um, ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to be very bald. In fact, we're going to be slowly hated. <laughs> we're going to be very bald. In fact, we're going to be slowly hated. Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to even think of what scene this could be from. I'm just going to have to guess. <laughs> we're going to be very fun. In fact, we're going to be uh, thinking playtime. I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> so for the listeners, this scene, this took place during the Chucky ties up Andy scene. And is trying to perform his right. voodoo seance. Right. <laughs> and Andy has a sock stuffed in his mouth. And Chucky says, we're going to be very close. In fact, we're going to be fucking inseparable. Nice. <laughs> Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Kate Kate was zero for three this time. I'll go easy on her next time. No, it was, it, that was fun, though. I love it. I love this segment. <laughs> and that leads us to kate's prediction my prediction i was so wrong on the last one so i am just going to lean into it and be super wrong for this next one because i don't know where they could possibly take it from here. Chucky literally gets exploded after getting severely (laughs) mutilated at this one. So I am guessing that during the crime scene investigation that Chucky gets scraped off the factory floor and he gets dumped into an evidence box that then gets shuffled up and somehow sold off in a police auction to a family who then this little girl takes this doll and cleans him up and is like, you'll be my friend. And then, oops, he's Chucky. New family, no carryover from the previous movies. We're starting fresh with a new family. And I think that they're going to do a little girl this time. I think it's not going to be a little boy. That's my, that's my prediction. All right. New reign of terror for Chucky. New reign of terror. First, (laughs) I spent most of my time thinking about how they were going to restore Chucky as a doll. (laughs) It's just so 
increasingly implausible, but I I love it. I cannot wait to see what they do. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait for you to see either. I, I love watching or, you know, watching your text reaction to <laughs> what you see in, in each Chucky movie. So <laughs> I'm very excited. Our next episode is going to be extra special because Kate and I are actually going to be in the same place. Woo! We are going to be recording together for the first time ever. We got our vaccines. We are meeting up for some gal pal time and recording together the next episode. So see you for Child's Play 3. It is going to be a blast. This was Not Quite Dead. Check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Not Quite Dead Podcast and on Twitter at NQD underscore podcast. Follow our blog for bonus content at notquitedeadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. And happy watching. <laughs> <laughs>